Welcome back, everybody, to Quid Prog Quo, the musical podcast where I subject my friends to progressive rock music and they in turn get me to listen to whatever they want. I'm very excited to actually introduce this next guest that I have on as she is one of my mentors. This is an individual that I've looked up to for many, many years. She has guided my um, career in a way that I don't think anybody else has up to this point. Uh, she is a star performer, a guiding light, and just all the good things need to come her way. She really is a powerhouse when it comes to the library landscape. Um, and I couldn't think of a better album for her to listen to than one of my all-time favorite albums. So I'm very excited to hear what she has to think about this particular album. I don't want to give too many spoilers away. Um, and she, in turn, got me to listen to an album that was very personal to her. So we had some really great bonding experiences with this. Uh, very excited for you to dive in and listen to what we've got going on this week. As always, I want to give a big thank you to Leanna Olinsky for the show's graphic and Explosive Ear Candy for their track All Together Now, which is the soundtrack to today's podcast. So without further ado, let's dive in and find out uh, who we are talking to today and what music we're going to be listening to. I'll catch you back at the ad break. I'm excited too. I'm very excited to have you on board. Thank you so much for agreeing to be on my little podcast. I'm thrilled. Yeah. Thanks for asking. This one's a little, uh, now correct me if I'm wrong, but is this one a little bit outside of your wheelhouse? Because I know this isn't your first podcast that you've been on. No. Um, I mean, I don't get to talk about music a lot anymore, um, but I love it. Mm -hmm. And I love talking about pop culture and uh uh, I like listening to your pod, so I'm excited. Oh, Excellent. Uh, do you want to give yourself a little introduction? Like, I know it's in academic senses, it's always more prestigious if somebody else introduces the other person, Ugh. but I'm, I'm going to let you take the wings on that one. How to introduce myself. Um, I, my name is Michelle Arbuckle. Um, I am a librarian by training, uh, not by birth, by training. Mm -hmm. uh, by birth, I have an Aquarian sun, a Gemini moon, and or sorry, a Gemini rising and a Cancer moon, for those yep. who are into that kind of thing. Yep. Um, I live in Toronto, and um, what else? I think that's, I mean, that covers the basis. Th those are the really main things I want people to know about that, yeah. uh, that are essential to my, my personality at this time. I yeah, think. It, gives, it gives a good, well-rounded picture of who you are. Like, of the stars in the sky. Yep, yep. Oh, boy. Um, I'm into and, that. and we know each other through um, working in the past. We do, and yes. This isn't even our first podcast either. I mean, you know, you're really the the father of podcasting for me you're, you're the you're the oh. great you've grandfathered me in is that the right phrase to use there yeah sure. i think we sure. started working together i want to say like i want to say it was about seven it was 2013 yes uh because i had just came come back from mat leave and you mm -hmm. were already at uh, the, the place where we worked together yeah yeah yep. i don't know if we want to say it by name but i just won't unless you know um not that that's bad but um yes we worked together for about i want to say six years yeah, it was like a long time. The dream team, really. That sounds bad. But. No, no, no. Like, it was the dream team. I, I couldn't go. And then I was like, okay, I guess I should. You know, the baby bird needs to leave his nest. So I yeah. mean, we always knew you were ready to do more. That's the thing. We were like, look at, he's 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 going to fly. <laughs> Those wings are sprouting. <laughs> oh, he's ready. getting ready to jump. <laughs> he's ready. Nope, he's still, okay. No, that's okay. We'll give that's him fine, time. That's fine. That's, that's fine. fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Take his yeah. time. That's fine. So we work together and, you know, you're one of those people that um, just always is game to try new things and loves to play around with anything technology and media related, which I very yeah. much respect and appreciate. And I think when it when we started talking about doing a podcast, like beams of light shone from your eyes. Oh, yeah. And I was like, all right, we're doing this together. And, mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, so I, we, we hosted a podcast together for not long together. Like I want to no. say 
not quite even a year, but you were the producer and kind of the person behind all the technical aspects. And I honestly could never have done it without you. So thank thank you. Oh, no problem. It was, it was a joy. It was one of my highlights of working there. Um, And I mean, it gave me all the stuff that I needed to do this. So that was really the launching off point. Um, I'm so thrilled to have been your, you know, the thing that got you out of into out into the podcast world. Yeah, yeah it's one of those you, you knew me when. <laughs> I'll tell stories for years, rocking on my rocking chair on my patio. <laughs> I knew him when. <laughs> I knew him when. Oh boy! So uh, switching gears a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. What? Um, let's see. Do you want to introduce your album, or do you want to hear about the album that I'm subjecting you to? Whatever whatever format you think works. Oh, it's, I'm open. it's all loosey-goosey at this point. Like, it's okay. just... I just want to say, you know, I sent you a text yes. earlier in the week to tell you the vibe of this album. Yes. Because at the time, the weather report reflected it was going to be a cloudy, rainy Sunday. It was. And at this time, I want to tell everyone, listeners, that it is currently 31 degrees and sunny in Toronto. And I've never <laughs> been more angry in my life and at see, Mother Nature. Where I am right now, it is exactly that. It's overcast it's cloudy there's a little bit of rain in the air like it's not raining but you can feel it you can feel the michael let me just tell you that's exactly the weather you need to be in to listen to this album i will say we're listening to it a little early in the day for my liking it's usually like a 10 p.m album for me oh okay i love Um, these albums yeah it's a it's i'll say it's an album that i typically listened to in the bathtub with headphones on singing my guts out to the chagrin of my family mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. but you know great acoustics and it's a great like pre-bed listen i love this album so oh, much okay um, what is it what is it what is it I'm okay hold on the preamble continues oh boy, it's still don't going rush on. Me. all right i'm sorry i don't want to jump the gun i i have notes it was named the 24th greatest canadian album of all time okay in the book top 100 canadian albums by bob mercero i don't know him i don't know the book but it's a stat i came across that i thought you should know beautiful um it was released in august of 2000 Mm -hmm. so i was just heading into grad school which speaks volumes about how i feel about this album it is one of those albums that when it coincides with both the greatest love and the greatest heartbreak of your life Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you just never forget and that's exactly what happened to me one reviewer called this singer a welcome break from the Lilith school of flinchy girl singers. Her music is at once heartfelt and hearty, sensitive and sanguine. Which, you know, the phrase flinchy girl singers is, I'm a little not great with that. I but going to say, that puts a lot of, a lot of pretext on this. Like, it, it does, but, know. you know, I will agree that there is a sincerity to this singer. There is um, a genuineness, a sparseness to this album mm-hmm. that really... I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to give you any fighting words on your podcast, but I'll say, you know, um, this artist um, ran so that Taylor Swift's folklore could run. Oh, I'm just going to say oh that. Oh, boy. Okay. So today we'll be listening to the 2000 album by Sarah Harmer, You Were Here. You Were Here, Sarah Harmer. Okay, I'm going to find that. She is a Canadian songstress maybe is that is that diminutive to say she's a she's a song she's a songwriter singer mm-hmm. uh she's from ontario burlington area um, but she also has roots in like the kingston area i think because of another band she was in and this is her first solo album after she got out of a band uh called weeping tile which i was not a hu- i did not listen to them very much i will say but uh i have been a huge fan of sarah harmer ever since I'm pulling up the uh, the album currently, and it is giving me that very late '90s, early 2000s singer-songwriter, very femme-forward approach. So I'm very excited about this now. I'm excited too. This will be good. This now tell good. me, when you listen to your album, do you take notes as you go track by track? It depends. Um, Sometimes I do, especially if, like, I will take notes track by track, and then I'll have, like, notes about 
the overall feeling of an album. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Kind of double dipping in that sense. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you how you should feel, but I am going to say, mm-hmm. I think this is an album that you sometimes benefit from looking at the lyrics at the same time. Okay. Because she's yeah. she, like, I just find her lyrics can be so poetic and there's mm-hmm. such, um, not that they're, you know, abstract or anything. There's just something I, I think I get so much from the lyrics um, that that might be worth your while. Yeah. And I know now I don't know the science behind it, but I have heard tell that especially when men listen to music for the first time, they process melodies and the music first and they have a hard time wrapping their head around lyrics upon first listen. And I mean, I'm going from my own anecdotal evidence and that's how I find it. So if I'm listening to an album and I know I need to pay attention to the lyrics, I'll have to have the lyrics in front of me because listening to the lyrics while also appreciating the music, it's like one or the other. Yeah. So I'll be sure to have the lyrics in front of me so that I can have my brain do both. I can appreciate the music and the melodies while also really appreciating the the poetry of the lyrics. Yeah. And it, like I said, it's, it's pretty sparse in terms of instrumentation. There's guitar, organ, trumpet, drums, clarinet, and Ooh. then bass, cello, upright bass are the main instruments on the album. So okay, okay, okay. It's, it's a beautiful listen and the lyrics are delightful. Okay, I'm I'm very stoked for this one then. Have you never those, listened to it before? I have never. Uh, this is the first time I've even heard about it. Okay. So very outside of my wheelhouse in terms of being exposed to music, but that's why I started this, so I could be exposed to more music. So, I'm excited for you. Yeah. Um, so the album that I'm giving you, because you gave me that text, and I had already picked out an album, mm-hmm. and then I started to second guess, because I'm like, <laughs> oh, mellow rainy day uh and then like i had all these different ideas of like post-rock and instrumental experimentation rock that i wanted to give to you but at the end of the day i'm like no 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 no. first choice i gotta i gotta stick my ground um so the best way that i can introduce you to this band is first asking you a question Mm -hmm. which is how do you feel about the beatles I very much enjoy the Beatles. I mean, depending on the era, but yeah. Okay. I'm into it. These guys were thought to be the Beatles reunion. Mm. So their first two albums did not have any kind of accreditation of the musicians behind the scenes. And it was intentional only to allow the music to shine forth, not the musicians, but the music. Hmm. But they had an extreme Beatles vibe, especially later era Beatles, like um, Let It Be, Abbey Road, the White Album, that kind of era. Okay. And there were there were rumors around a Beatles reunion. Like this was the late 70s, right? So like mm-hmm. 78 to 80. And they had all done like solo albums and they were all kind of in that vein so everybody's like oh this is the Beatles and then when they released their second album everybody thought because they again purposefully did not put their their names on the album like oh this has to be the Beatles um and they're actually a Canadian band oh yeah they're they're a a trio spoiler yeah they're a trio of Canadian boys because in their third album they drop the facade and they're like no we can't do this anymore because we actually do want to tour, and if we tour and Ringo, Paul, and all of them are not on stage, we're going to get a little there's bit gonna of... There's going to be riots. There's going to be riots. Bad riots. Yeah. <laughs> bad riots. Um, so, are you familiar with the band Klaatu? Nope. Beautiful. They are, as I already mentioned, a Canadian... How do you spell it? K-L-A-A-T-U. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, so very in the vibe of the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Um, this is their second album called Hope that I'm getting you to listen to. There, it's this album is in my top five all favorite albums of all time. Wow. Um, and so I've been saving this one for a while, but the reason why I've saved it till now is this is like a quintessential fall album for me. Like I'll listen to this every fall. Love that. Um, I, I get vibes of kind of the deep woods, um, 
it doesn't actually reflect itself in the music. It's just that's where I was when I was first exposed to this. Because very much like you, it came at me in a perfect time. Uh, even though this was released in like the late 70s, I first listened to this in the early 2000s. So like we're looking at 2001, 2002. So probably about the same time you were listening to this album mm -hmm. I was listening to. Um, and yeah, it is a concept album. So I'll let you kind of discover the concept. It is a little melodramatic in the second half, but it's very heart-wrenching and I find myself uh, emotionally moved by the end. Wow. So. High praise. Okay. High, I'm high excited. praise. Yeah. Where do I listen to it? So unfortunately, this one is not available <laughs> on Spotify, which is part of the reason why, and I even looked at all the other streaming services, like I legitimately downloaded like Apple Music and Amazon Music. I have a folder that I'm going to send you okay. to listen to it because unfortunately wow. I couldn't think of any other way to get these files to you. So niche. It is extremely niche. Yeah. <laughs> the big claim to fame of these guys was their big single from their first album was covered by the uh, the Carpenters uh, oh. calling occupants from a planetary craft. Okay. So, yeah. Great. So yeah, I know that's a lot of build up for this album. I mean, what an incredible story and like a PR stunt of sorts mm -hmm. to to have released two albums. Yeah. With, you know, with the suspicion that you're the Beatles. Like, that's a huge... That could that, never happen today. No, no. I mean, outside of the fact that two of the Beatles are dead. But on the <laughs> other side, that, you know, you can't really hide who you are in the musical landscape. You can kind of hide who you are personally, but you can't hide your name or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could if you weren't interested in any PR. It's kind of like, you know, the author Elena Ferrante. Okay. She wrote the Na Na Napoleon, uh, sorry, Neapolitan series. And she uh, apparently writes under a pseudonym and, and no one's ever seen her or interviewed her. Oh. And so, you know, every once in a while this happens and you're always kind of like, who is this person that is like the complete opposite of our narcissistic times? Yeah, like uh, Lemony Snicket. Sure. Yeah. Uh, do, yeah. Do we know in the end? I don't even know. Is, is I think a... like it's if if you're like really into it, you can figure it out who he is. Oh, okay. Okay. But like he's very shrouded in mystery, and that's his whole. I guess that is his PR. Hmm. Is his whole like you don't know who I am kind of. Thing. Love it. So. Well, I'm excited. All right. Yeah. All right. So we'll take a break. We'll listen to each other's albums and uh, reconvene after we've experienced each each of these musical expressions. Experience the dark autumnal vibes of these albums. Mm -hmm. I can't wait. Alright. Okay. Give me more of your sunshine. Welcome back to the ad break. Uh, Michelle and I have gone our separate ways, put on our earphones, and gotten into the music. And while we're listening to one another's albums, I've got some ads. Well, not necessarily ads, just thank yous. The usual thank yous. I don't have any sponsors or anything like that. So I'm just going to thank my usual individuals who I really want to shine the light on. They have donated to my Patreon. And if you want to donate, it's Patreon slash notes reviews. I've got some really fun uh, kind of giveaways, depending on the tier that you want to donate to, uh, such as, uh, you know, getting me to listen to a full length album on a live stream. Uh, and an individual that has gotten me to do that is Aiden Gerger. Uh, I believe that's how you pronounce him. He had me listen to Permanent Waves, uh, as well as review OK Computer by Radiohead. You can find both of those on my YouTube channel. That again is YouTube slash notes reviews or just search notes reviews on uh on youtube um and i also want to thank jeffrey cusbell and i believe that's how you uh pronounce jeffrey's name he had me listen to trans by neil young on a live stream and that was very fun i don't believe you can find that because unfortunately the youtube algorithm took it down so sad times i know um and those are the individuals that i want to thank if you want to be cool like uh both jeffrey as well as oh i guess they are both jeffreys if you want to be cool like both of these jeffreys you can head on over to patreon.com slash notes reviews and i will give you a shout out on this podcast as well as on 
any subsequent live streams that I do on my YouTube page. So without further ado, let's find out what I thought about Sarah Harmer's um, You Were Here and what Michelle thought of Klaatu's Hope. Uh, let's dive back in. Okay. All right. Welcome back. Um, what did you think of Clat 2? Tell me all your thoughts. I feel like I've been on a voyage, Michael. Yes. I mean, did I experience an opera? Did I go to another country? Another planet? I don't know. Yes. yes. It was incredible. I mean, I, the first track, I knew exactly what you were talking about in terms of the Beatles stuff. I mean, the trumpet, mm -hmm. there's just that um, atmospheric, there's something about that. I, I don't know enough about the Beatles, um, but absolutely, I could feel it all throughout. I, I, I knew. The one thing that I was like, okay, guys, but come on, you can hear their voices. Like, yeah. the voices don't translate, but everything else, yeah, if you love, um, you know, late generation Beatles... This is picking up exactly where they left off. I wouldn't say that it's exactly like um, a huge evolution away from the Beatles. Like it is exactly the same vibe as their as their later stuff, right? Yeah, but it was yeah. so good. It was so. I mean, it got a little fucking weird, but yeah, uh, <laughs> that's that's what I love about them. But yeah, it does get a little I was weird. Like, as I was listening, I was like, yeah, this is this has got some Michael vibes. Cause the only kind we're out to find are those worth looking for You can tag along, should you feel the urge to merge Cause we're all agreed that all we need is hope and it's of courage Is that all that's all? Yeah, I, I had some harder times with uh, a few of the tracks where I was listening and I was just kind of sitting back and I'd be like, okay, and it's done. Oh, no, there's five more minutes left. Huh? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> yep, that's classic prog for you. Although and these it guys... Was, yeah. And, and it, would do, it would do that like three times in the track. Like there would be a, a you know, something that seemed like the denouement, uh, you know, closing. Mm -hmm. And then it would start a whole new. And it would sound like a completely different song or, you yeah. know, just different instrumentation, different everything. Um, yeah. I loved um, in track three, it starts off very moody and then it has these like Commander Tom vibes. Yeah. L let me just tell do you know what track I'm talking I about? I know exactly it was, um, which track you're talking about. That's Around the Universe in 80 Days. The Around the Universe in 80 Days. What a fascinating track that was. Yeah. When we reach out, That was the first time that I was like, oh, this is something different. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the orchestral part of that track was so beautiful and lovely and mm -hmm. just <laughs> felt very spacey. But what I really want to talk about is track four. Oh, um, yes. Welcome, welcome to, or sorry, Long Live Poliziana. Yeah, that's it. Goddamn. Okay. Yeah. Buckle, buckle up, folks. Unpack it. Let's do this. So halfway through, I'm like... Okay, I have to look this up. I need to know more because my brain was going everywhere. It opens with um, like a national anthem or, or it sounded kind of like a march. I immediately thought national anthem. I have a marching band background. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, I can I can smell an anthem from a mile away. <laughs> yep, but yep. I loved it. It was great. And then it morphed into this weird like acid trip nightmare kind of I wrote down do I hear whips <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> almost like there was a multiple personality situation going on in in the song like it would it would go between this very formal pomp and circumstance vibe mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. this this you know this voice this narrator that almost sounds like it's kind of like coming through a warped, muffled megaphone, yeah, um, with very dystopian vibes, and the I, I couldn't make out the tr the lyrics all the time, but 
yeah, I was like, what the hell is this? So then I looked it up. Yeah. And it is kind of exactly, it, it was a fascinating, um, ahead of its time track. It really was, yes. It could be released right now. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, if you're not, fam- no one that's listening is familiar, so let's just assume that <laughs> everyone has to go and look up this track. Because yeah. it ends with an actual national anthem that legitimately I could see the United States of America singing this on this day. Yep. It is terrifying. Oh, yeah. It's fascinating. It's so, I don't know, if you want to tell, because, I, you know, I read the Wikipedia entry and um, it, it kind of, I kind of got the sense that um, it was um, a reflection on a nation that maybe has gone, um, that was so great at one time and has since gone down the drain in some way or yeah. has has kind of... Uh, pummeled its citizens into submission in a, in a way. Mm-hmm. And so it's this constant back and forth between remember the good old days, the the MAGA days, shall we say. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> or, or the days when America was great. And then reflecting from this nightmare universe of, oh no, shit was going down. Yeah. Like, this is what's really happening with the citizens of that world. It's fascinating. Oh yeah, I love that trap because that is the one that really like ties the album together and really kind of sets the stage for the second half of the album. Yes, it you is know? the it's the very middle of the album, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the that's the because I'm used to listening to this on uh, vinyl, so that's the last track of the first side of the album, and then you flip it over <sighs> and go on to the second side. So it sets the stage, and yeah, you're exactly right. It is essentially um, the narrator is uh, kind of like your after school special history teacher of this place called Politzania and going through about kind of like, just as you said, this great nation, this great almost planet essentially, because that's in the concept of it. And you've got this kind of underground voice. That's like, no, that's not quite how it went. And it's not until kind of that last little bit where you realize the sinister atmosphere of the underbelly of like, Anybody that opposed us, anybody that doesn't believe we're the best, yes. essentially are deemed criminally insane and they have their brains repossessed. Yeah. Because if you if you oppose us and we're the best, you are you must be insane. We're brought before a panel of the Ministry of Health. And then it goes Sin- into the- sinister is such a good word for it. That's the exact word I was looking for. That's sinister underbelly the mm-hmm. whole time that you're not quite sure what's happening. Yeah. 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 And that's why I love when they get into the actual course of the track. You almost have that whip. It's almost like they're whipping you in the shape yes. of like Politzania, long live Politzania, we're the best, we're the best. And then it goes back to this guy that's on like a tape recorder or I guess. Uh, a vinyl recording Mm -hmm. and he goes back into his little lecture of like this is how they rose to power how they gained their big acclaim and they essentially got to the point where they were almost too big almost like again if we were to put it in today's standards too big to fail and went to war with somebody that they weren't ready to go to war with was which was their own people and essentially blew themselves up yeah it's terrifying. Yeah. And I mean, well, the the thing that's so terrifying was, I mean, they based this off of the Roman Empire. They based it off of the Roman rise and fall. And I guess people just don't learn from history because the exact same thing is going on in a sense now. So This is what happens when yeah. your school system fails and your, uh, you know, upcoming generations can't learn history yeah. or what happened in, you know, what happened in other civilizations. Yeah. You know, at the end of it, I just wrote, I'm exhausted, mm-hmm. but I wish, you know, it's the kind of track that like it could be a short film. It really it, could. Yeah. If I'm, I'm assuming at this time, 
what year was this album? 78, did you say? 77 or 78. Yeah, somewhere I mean, there. people were doing visual things with music at that time. But, you know, if there was a music video or, or something that could accompany this track, it would be un- incredible. Like, yeah. Even if it was animated or something, you could just do something really, really interesting with this track. And yeah, it it completely speaks to exactly what's happening in a day that it today that is um that is both terrifying and incredible mm-hmm. yeah 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 and i love that it's placed right here in the album because the first three tracks the or off you know madman and around the 80 uh, around the universe in 80 days they're essentially all set up you know so the we're off you know and around the universe in 80 days are essentially like this crew that are about to embark in this almost like star trekian voyage around the universe uh go where nobody has gone before uh madman is a little bit of a prelude to polizania of like these are the people that didn't agree with us they're all madmen they don't know what they're talking about they're trying to oppose us uh and then polizania comes on and it's almost like this crew that's out there that are about to eventually run into the remains that is polizania is kind of getting their history lesson before they actually get there and then we come into the second half so what's your experience with that second half of the album i mean and 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 the fact that i was so exhausted after track four Mm -hmm. the rest of the you know if i just i keep thinking that this would be an incredible like night with the tso Oh, yeah. Like, this would be such a good performance with a live orchestra. And that's what I kept writing about the next three tracks was mm-hmm. uh, it needs an orchestral performance. They're all, or, or track five anywhere, anyway, is quite a saga. Yep. I really like the harpsichord in it. Track six, I wrote, is this Bjork? Um, <laughs> like, the, the, the singing. I don't even know if it's a woman at the beginning, but it sounds so much like Bjork. Um, super chill, atmospheric. And then by this track seven, I wrote Freddie Mercury vibes. Um, calm and chill like it just had it just felt very ethereal and um, not sparse you know ethereal but still like you're swimming in sound Mm -hmm. it's it's a pudding of sound it (laughs) is yeah you know there's 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 never a time I don't it feels like there's never a time when it's just one instrument or where that you know there's a sparse instrumentation because even when it's the synth like the synth is so heavy and um and complex that you always feel like there's just a lot going on oh yeah Yeah. there's always something going on and yeah that seventh track of so said the lighthouse keeper it's one of the few tracks that i have to be careful where i listen to it because if i listen to it in the wrong place i will legitimately start to cry i can see that because yeah if you haven't figured out like this is a very michael album (laughs) so yeah yeah, and i love how i mean when i listen to it on a record because that's essentially one of the only ways you can listen to this um is after the fourth track of um, Long Live Paul Zania, you have that ability to take that little bit of a break because you have to flip the record over. So then it sets up for the crew meeting this lighthouse keeper in this vast ruin that was Paul Zania, which was the essential planet that destroyed themselves. And I really love this kind of personal story around such a giant epic because we come from this giant epic which is about this you know country that uh, imploded itself that just Mm -hmm. tore itself to pieces and then you come to this very somber and very personal story of this like crewman that feels like he's the loneliest creature out there Um, and yet he meets this lone survivor of this battlefront and that was something that I like I listened to this album last week just to really get myself back into the groove because I listen to it every fall. And so now that it's fall, I'm getting really back into it. And I'm just reminded of like, you know, here's this individual that tried his best to stay neutral while he saw this country tear itself to pieces. And he's the lone survivor. And his, his big reward is to make sure nobody else does it and yet he's seeing it happen again and again and again across the universe and he just even through all this destruction and even through all this despair the whole concept of hope is that like this is his final prayer 
This was him trying to figure out what is the perfect prayer for everybody so that they don't lose their touch with humanity. They don't mm-hmm. lose touch with themselves. And this doesn't happen again. Mm-hmm. And the only thing he could, could come up with was just the single word of hope. And mm-hmm. that was like the dying um, message that he left. He just wrote down hope. Mm-hmm. And in the original demo, there's a uh, kind of a bonus track or a missing track between the seventh and eighth track. Mm. which essentially just says um, if you were to spy on this lonely figure within his last days, you will find one word written on his page. And that word is, and it just trails off. And then the first, first word of that last track is hope. And I just keep getting the shivers whenever I think of that. So, yeah. yeah. Um, It's interesting when I was, I did a little bit of reading when it was all done Mm-hmm. And so there was a re- there's a version released with the London Symphony Orchestra. Is that right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so is that the version we listened to or is that the other no, version? That, oh, okay. So what we listened to was the original um, recording, the original studio recording. The okay. London Symphony recording, I believe, is some people call it the demo version. Mm-hmm. Um, but that one is currently available on YouTube in its entirety. Okay, I'm going to go back and listen to it again. It, you know, yeah. it was, I'm curious, though, with this kind of thing, is it the kind of thing that you, um, like, there are movies that I can put on as background. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are movies that when I do that, I inevitably sit and, and have to focus and pay attention. Like, is this yeah. a background thing for you? Or is it a, I have to pay attention? I definitely have to pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is one of the few albums where I know pretty much all the words from front to back to. Wow. And so even if I put it on for background, I will inevitably get sucked in. Yeah. Um, especially once we come to that final play out on So Said the Lighthouse Keeper, because that's what I love, because that's mm. the final visual that I have for that that song is this lonely humanoid creature that's not quite human. But, you know, I always picture for some reason like a, I don't know, like a turtle figure. I don't know why. Um, just kind of like gazing out to the stars in his lonely house as he um, inevitably passes away. Mm-hmm. And that musical play out of his last dying thought always gets me as he's contemplating such an optimistic thing when his life has known nothing but suffering. into the heart Ugh. yeah it, it's one of those things too you know having just sat back and kind of let it wash over me it, i'm gonna need to go back and, and do it with the lyrics i like i only did that for track four mm-hmm. and then um and then i didn't for the others but i i can already tell that i missed a lot of content from those later tracks so yeah, yeah there's a lot of that there's a lot of stories and um the thing that I loved is I even thought about, you know, what would this look like in some kind of a cinematic way yeah, yeah. Um, as an album overall, because I love that you've got such a large setting and history with such a personal story at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, yeah. I kept thinking that you're right the whole way through and I'm, so happy to know that there is an orchestral version i'm 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 also so curious to know how that happened like what was their connection with london symphony orchestra you know i don't know are are any of these people still alive i think so um i know that they're not recording anymore because they Hmm. only put out like two or three albums after that and so this is this is the oddball album of their discography because their first album is much more beatles-esque Mm-hmm. Um, and much more like radio friendly poppy hits. Right. Then they came out with this one. Uh, and then their next three albums went back to the very poppy, accessible, fun. Let's do away with the very heavy overtones. You know, we'll have a song here and there, but we won't go full force into any, any full track right. for it. Um, hmm. 
So interesting. Yeah, I just know like at the late seventies, I think just to get people back into symphonies and whatnot, like the London Symphony Orchestra was doing a whole bunch of stuff with rock bands at the time. Hmm. That's so, great. That's yeah. great. Yeah, well done. Uh, two thumbs up. I thought it was really interesting. I'm glad to have learned about it. And uh, Excellent. I'll definitely go back and give it another listen for sure. Oh, please do. Yeah, because you had me listen to You Were Here. Here we go. And we can, yep. we can dive into that. So off the bat, I could definitely see what you were talking about with, um, you know, Sarah having to walk in order for Taylor to run. <laughs> I'm glad um, you're not mad at me for that statement. No, yes. no, I could totally see that. <laughs> and I actually see it even more with a lot of contemporary Canadian artists uh, in the folk and indie rock mm-hmm. genre. Like I'm getting serious Dan Manganville like vibes mm-hmm. off of this. Uh, a little bit of like Sam Roberts, more mm-hmm. indie and folky stuff. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of really, really fun tracks on here that this was one of the few times where I actually wrote down lyrics yes like. right because most of the time i'm just like ah oh, whatever lyrics are lyrics they they I are know. there to enhance the music right yeah right um but no there are a few on here um tell me i want to hear okay so i wrote down um and this was mainly just because i felt it so hard um the second track of basement apartment yeah uh i mean every when i was living in toronto that's all i stayed in so i yep. spent like 10 years in a basement apartment so Below street her, level, barely alive. That's the one I wrote down, yeah. <laughs> Below street level, barely alive. I underlined, I feel this so hard. No one is watching me slide below street level, barely alive is the full, like that is, yeah, yeah. yeah. just uh, like, I don't know. I don't know where she's from. You said she's Canadian, but. Yeah. She's like like Burlington area. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. Because I mean, living down in the the beaches in a basement apartment, I definitely felt that. Um, And I also like how it, even though it feels very of its time, it also feels timeless. Yeah. Like I'm getting those other Canadian woman led uh, singer songwriters. I don't know why I thought Cheryl Crow, but I thought a little bit of that. Okay. Um, and it, it does feel like a song that I've heard before without being a retread of anything that I've heard before. Right. So I the like Basement Apartment. Is that what we were still talking about? We yeah, I was still yeah, talking okay. about. Yeah. I'm just reading through my notes here. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, what was the it, other one? That that's I like a, it's a really, um, that was the single, uh, the first single oh, for the album. Okay. It might be the only okay. single, actually. Right. Um, it had a video. Wow. You know, going below street level. Yeah. Yep, um, yep. The other lyric on that song, I got to wash the sheets on my bed. Got to watch those things that go unsaid. That's the other yeah. lyric that I'm like, that yeah. just kills me every time because... Yeah, there's yeah. a certain era of my life with basement apartments and having access to a washing machine was a constant battle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I was blessed with my main apartment actually having washer and dryer in unit. But uh, I do remember not having a washer and dryer and like, oh, yeah, my bed sheets can go another month. Right. Oh, I'm God. sure it can go another month. And Shuddering. then just, no, no, it should never go another month. Yeah. Um, yeah. I did like the bop. Just before we skip it over completely, yeah. I love the bop of Around This Corner. Yeah. Um, I thought that it opened up the album brilliantly. Yeah. Um, I love the harmonies. Like, holy geez, I love those harmonies. Um, and that clarinet in the intro. Clarinet in the intro. Oh, the clarinet so And good. that's it. Like, I loved how happy it sounds without being manufactured. I feel low. I may wind up and cry a big puddle. I love happy tracks um, like um, what's the big one? Um, Mr. Blue Sky from Yellow, right? 
love that track, but you can you can feel how manufactured and almost insincere it is. Yeah. With this one, uh, maybe it was just because the review that you had mentioned beforehand had mentioned how sincere the wall was. Yeah. So I was getting very sincere vibes and very human vibes of yeah. that. It's so it's I wouldn't say it's un, underproduced. No, Most, mostly because I don't know that much about post production to to be able to reflect on that. But even things like how you can hear her inhale when she's about to sing. Yeah, like I I love those. I love that. Sometimes I don't, but in this in the context of this album, I I really I love that. Or you know when they're changing chords on a guitar and you can hear that kind of slide of their, yeah, the slide their fingers, of the fingers along. Yeah, I love that too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I loved I loved around the corner. Uh, let's see what other lyrics did. Oh, um, open the window, uh, the wedding track or the mm-hmm. wedding song. Uh, the I said that it was very homegrown. Uh, it rode the line of being country and folk very well because it does have the one-two sway that many country songs have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the lyric that I wrote was um, like it's very romantic, and I loved. Um, our love is uh, infinite, like sun's last rays on the oceans as the moon rises. On the sea. Yeah. yeah. I just, that painted such a very clear visual. When you're coming to a track like this, it's very easy to become melodramatic and verbosive and almost too hyperbolic. But I felt it was genuine enough that it wasn't, even with such grand statements as sun's last ray on the ocean as it as the moon rises or maybe it is the sea Come the light well our love is an infinite thing like the sun's last ray on the sea as it sets low in the west and the Um, it still made it feel very genuine and very like one-on-one. Well, that track was actually, as far as I understand, was actually written for friends of hers who were getting married. Oh, so it was their wedding song. And I feel like I've been at concerts where either they've been there or some, there's always someone who like that's been their wedding song. It's funny because I wrote nothing down for that track. And the reason was, is because that's usually the one I skip over. Interesting. Um, because in the past, when I first started listening to this album, it was very much in a, I'm so brokenhearted. Right. Uh, you know, I need to yep. just be, I'm so self-obsessed. I just need to wallow in this and talk about, you know, wh- how broken I am. Mm-hmm, and so that mm-hmm. track was far too positive for my liking. I can see that. Yeah. 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 yeah I can definitely see that. Because I, I, for the previous track that don't get your backup. Yes. Th- I only had one word for that, which was pleasant. <laughs> so you know oh man the lyrics in that one though don't get your back up over this if i'm so wrong and you're so right won't you let me get some sleep tonight like i have been in those fights where right. you know like why are you still talking okay fine you're right i'm wrong shut yeah. up i want to yeah. go to sleep you know like that is just such it, it's just i can see it being pulled from actual you know conversation in life right yeah yeah, I don't know. For some reason, it was just, you know, pleasant. <laughs> All right. That's fine. Oh, boy. Oh, right. I wrote down lyrics for uh, the title track of You Were Here. Yep. I liked, and we'll talk about this a little bit more when I talk about my favorite track off of this album. Um, I love her ability to start the song in one environment and end it in a different. Yes. And that is classic progressive rock for me, and that's what I love about Ooh. it. Um, her ability to shape the song as she goes i love that and uh you were here i really really love that because the beginning half of this track was very impressionistic very harder to get into very dissonant very dissonant yeah because like the the chord she was playing on her guitar never really amounted to anything it was very like of the moment just seeing what stuck Uh, and then it almost turned on a dime and created something extremely beautiful Words turn blue, evanescent feeling lost. I delight in myself and say I like it. But I would love 
that I put down was, and correct me if I misheard it, um, words on the paper smell like you. Isn't that the most incredible I just, lyric? I love words on I paper love, smell like you. I mean, yeah. come on. I love whenever anybody switches around senses. Yes, me too. Like I'm able to taste the sounds. I'm yes. able to feel the sweetness, right? Yeah. And it on one hand it doesn't make a lick of sense, but on the other hand it makes so much sense. Yeah. That you're like I know exactly what you're talking about even though this doesn't make any sense. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Yeah, yeah, I I absolutely agree. I wrote down the same things about the interesting dissonance at the beginning, and I think it reflects a lot about the content of the song because it's lamenting a relationship lost. Mm-hmm. And so at the beginning, I think it's her being like, "I'm lost. I don't know what to do without you." And then at the end, it's like, you know what? I would love it if you were here, but you're not. Yeah. And so it kind of builds to that almost like acceptance of the state she's in at that moment of just, you know, as, as parents of this day and age say, you have to feel your feelings. That's what we say to children now, you know, not, yep. not stop crying. Now that, that's bad. No, let's all feel our feelings. And that's, that's what this song is. It's her just feeling her feelings and, yeah. and living in it. Yeah. It's yeah. great. Yeah. It's very similar. Like uh, I'm a huge Dune fan. And now that the big movie is coming out, it's that whole um, don't uh, shove away your fear. Let mm-hmm. your fear wash over you, and once it has passed, you will still be there. It's right. the big mantra. Uh, I've butchered it because I paraphrase, but essentially that's what it is. It's, <laughs> you know, recognize the feeling that you're in, let it happen, and then move on. And, so, you know, that is so, yeah. that is exactly why this album is such a good, for me at the time anyway, it was such a good breakup album. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's definitely reflecting on what happens when you're, you know, I was 24 when I was listening to this. Mm-hmm. And what happens when you've been consumed by something and you think that something's happening, but someone else thinks something's happening. Whatever happens, happens, maybe no one's fault. Mm-hmm. And then you're both kind of processing and getting through it. And you, but you have to get through it. Like you have to move through it and go on. And it's not that, you know, aside from the wedding song, which I think is just still the outlier of this whole album, Mm -hmm. there's not a guarantee that it's going to, that you're going to grow onto a great love. If anything, there's just a guarantee that you're going to get to know yourself and who you are. And, um, and maybe all of those people will just be words on a page you can smell. Yeah, and that, that's a really beautiful sentiment, too. It's like the real love that you were searching for this whole time was in yourself. Oh, what, just a like, fairy, oh what a fairy tale that is. Love those stories. Oh. <laughs> is that, did we just write Frozen? I think we just wrote the We movie may Frozen. have just wrote Frozen, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so I guess the antithesis, antithesis? I'm searching keep, for a word that's Keep going. Out. I can see the word. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, it's my favorite track off of this whole album. Yeah. Um, and it's Lodestar. Yes! I love this track Me so much. Me too! It's so good! Oh, and I... So, I had an experience listening to this track. Um, because as we mentioned before, it's a little bit of a rainy day here. Yep. Um, and so I'm getting into the vibes. I'm getting into the groove. This track reminds me of the Pink Floyd song, If, which is on my favorite album of theirs that not a whole lot of people know about called Adam Hart Mother. So it's the track If is very uh, acoustic. It's basically just somebody saying that if I wasn't certifiably insane, I would have a beautiful life. But because I don't, well, here I am. Um, So I was coming into that with that understanding. And I even put very uh, romantic lyrics and the music is all around it. As the song did the whole journey, as we mentioned with the title track, and it builds into that great crescendo and that great climb. So good. At that exact moment, the the clouds parted for just a moment, and I oh got my, my only real sunshine of the day. I was just like, "This is this is an experience, right?" Like I'm having such a surreal experience, and I love how the lyrics almost work against the music, because the the lyrics that I have was, "Listen to the darkness rain." Ugh. The music it's like the itself. pervasiveness of the darkness around you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the music is at that point so happy, bopping. It's very optimistic, and yet the lyrics are 
just listen to that darkness rain rather yeah. and it reminds me of one of my all-time favorite images from a book which was from john green's turtles all the way down where they're the two young adults are going on a date uh to watch a meteor shower mm-hmm. and unfortunately the meteor shower just so happened to occur when it was cloud coverage mm. and so That's so john green it is very John Green. <laughs> and um, so the the lead male said, well, this is a perfect example of depression where mm. depression is the cloud coverage, but I can still appreciate the fact that above it, beyond it, there mm-hmm. is this beautiful meteor shower. Interesting. That's and, such an interesting you know, perspective of that song because yeah. for me, it's I've always interpreted it as being, isn't night great? Like ah. day is okay, but like the darkness rings and and here we are away on the water. Like it's it's like I, I always envision myself like in a canoe mm-hmm. on a very calm pond in this song. Full mm-hmm. moon, like very clear. And, yep. you know, she she says there's twice there's a lyric that she repeats and it's and we and then she takes a breath are away and it kind Uh, of like it's like the oars going in that's another lyric that's so good the oar dips into oar like water oh my god it's so beautiful it's so good and i love this is one of the main things i love about this show is the parallels between the two albums because hope has that very we're off you know we're on this grand adventure and yet there's so much darkness and there's still beauty to be found in such chaotic darkness. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, it's, but I'm, I'm glad that you said it. I was going to say before you went off to listen, when you're listening to Lodestar, wait for three minutes and 10 seconds and something's going to happen because that's yeah. when it changes. And like the muted trumpet comes in and the tempo mm-hmm. changes and the bass and like everything just changes in th- at three minutes in Lodestar. So cue you now putting in a musical sample of Lodestar. It is such a great moment. And a few times I've seen her perform this live and I just, I hold my breath every time waiting because Mm -hmm. once they did it and the double bass, I don't know if it was a new guy, but he didn't, he didn't hit it the way I wanted him to hit it. And like my breath was like up here and I was waiting to exhale and it just Uh, (laughs) did it. I was so disappointed, (laughs) but I love that moment of the song every Mm -hmm. time. And I Mm -hmm. always have that feeling of like, like I'm going to sneeze, like a pressure in my body. And then at three minutes, 10 seconds, it just booms. Yeah. Like, it's so it's great. Such a cathartic release that I just, yes. I loved. I loved Lodestar. It's so great. Um, I know. Yeah. Gorgeous, gorgeous song. Yeah. And I almost wanted to just stop and be like, okay, I'm good. Like, let's, <laughs> I don't need to listen to these other tracks. It's all good from here. Well, if you took one track away from that album, I'm so happy it's Lodestar because, yeah, yeah, that isn't that a track to listen to like the night of a full moon, though? Like, it is. Just, yeah. Especially if you're near water. I think it's such a beautiful. Yeah. Oh, it just makes me I just took a deep breath. That felt really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, overall, I really, really like this album. I thought it was a little front heavy, but that's just as a new listener. And I agree. Yeah. I do recognize that. I mean, for record sales, that makes sense. Put all the good tracks at the beginning and then whoever's still left over can appreciate kind of the B-sides. But no, I still, I love the lyrics. I loved the vibes and I love the experience that I had throughout this whole album. You know, I didn't, when I was listening to it, I I almost feel like I listened to it with a different ear for you because I was trying Mm. to, you know, think of things and look at it maybe from your perspective. And I think... I don't, she's never said this. So it's the 20th anniversary. She just put out a new album called, oh, oh um, what is it called? I didn't write it down. Um, I can find it. It's like artists. an answer to you were here. It's like, and now you're gone or something. Yeah, you are gone. You are gone. 
yeah. so she just did an interview with NPR about it, kind of reflecting back on um, on the fact that it is a an album about dearly departed friends, and oh. a lot of the tracks have that in mind because she had just left her band, and it you know that right. was the space she was in. But for me. I mean, whatever those themes are, I, I totally agree with. But I almost feel like it's like a song, an album that starts, you know, after dinner and ends before the sun rises. And oh. it kind of has that experience of going through the night. And then the very last track, which mm-hmm, you did not mm-hmm. comment on, it's called Every Time. I have and notes, but let's do this. Yep. I, I so want to know if I could interview Sarah Harmer. I want to know more details around when she recorded that track because it feels like you know she's recording it somewhere that she didn't record the rest of the album that it's yep. like 4 a.m or 5 a.m there's this one lyric look at all the poor bastards gotta go to work while i sleep like it's got this very bohemian artist vibe to it of haha i'm off here making my music and you suckers gotta be on the qew <laughs> you know yeah and it's it is interesting because it does feel much more raw than any of the other tracks in terms of production value. Absolutely. Um, my my note that I had on here was I'm glad I listened to this on headphones because it sounds like she's singing to the left channel that mm. slowly wavers to the midpoint but always goes back to the channel so it actually feels more like she's singing directly to you as an individual Interesting. than to a microphone for a track. Yeah. So, yeah, it was really interesting to have that kind of waver because on the one hand, it does sound less polished, but that's not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah, Yeah, I'm so glad that you loved it. And it's one of my favorite ones. And, you know, she's very, um, she's an activist aside from being a songwriter and Mm -hmm, a recording mm -hmm. artist. And she's done a lot of work to uh, advocate for the wetlands in, in, um, the Niagara Escarpment area, and oh, she actually good. saved an entire area that was supposed to be used for a quarry. Oh, and um, and so I think, you know, she's talked a bit about, um, as a kid, being the youngest of six kids and kind of being Oof. always pushed outside and having to be outside a lot. Yeah. Which yeah, sounds yeah. like a nightmare to an indoor library child. But, no. um, but, you know, she talks about how pervasive nature is to her. And you can see mm-hmm. that in this album, like... You know, the way that she's always talking about water and wind and yeah. the grass is happy and so am I. And, you know, like all there's just so much of the way she writes the poetry of her lyrics that pulls in nature that, uh, yeah, it, it just it makes it such a good. You know what? It's a good it's like a good lying outside in the grass album to listen to. I think. It is. Yeah, yeah. At night in a boat. Yeah. yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. All those I, things. I'm, I'm loving. Yeah. And I mean, as I've got a very duality about me but like my outside brain just loved a lot of that imagery and being outside i could hear the bugs kind of in the background i could feel like the moonbeams on me yes getting really in touch with my inner star child she's very witchy i love that about her very witchy very witchy i can can feel the the leaves crinkle around me Mm -hmm. because they've just fallen i can smell pumpkin spice in the air oh i've got to have my (laughs) pumpkin spice oh man did you know, off topic, There, there's a KD pumpkin spice out Don't there. even. I'm going to throw up. It's no one so wants to hear cool. that. <laughs> Everybody needs to hear this. Craft dinner, pumpkin spice. Come oh, on. Come on. <laughs> yep. <laughs> there's a line, and that just crossed it. Uh, oh, I think it was crossed when they did, like, pumpkin spiced hummus. I think that was... Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I love my hummus, but, oh, boy, pumpkins Come do not belong on. in there. Come on, no. people. Yeah, to this day, the worst blizzard, because I love blizzards from DQ, not sponsored, by the way, <laughs> was the pumpkin pie one, because they just put chunks of pumpkin in it. That actually it sounds was, incredible. I would it be was so that. bad. No, no, no. It oh, was no, like revolting. It was, bad? it was so bad, because it was just like pump, like chunks of canned pumpkin. There was oh. no spice to it. Oh, well, then that's not good. That's not pumpkin no. pie. No. It was that's just disgusting. Like, Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. No, I ate the whipped cream on top and then threw the rest in the garbage. Well, oh. yeah. So. I mean, the best part about a pumpkin pie for me is the whipped cream on top sometimes. It is. Yeah. 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 Oh, <laughs> so, yeah, if you're going to DQ, do not get the pumpkin spice. 
boy. Well, thank you so much for coming on board. This was a great episode. Honestly, such a pleasure. I'm so thrilled to have heard your album. And I'm so glad that you liked mine because it's one of my faves and I'm happy to have shared it. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, is there anything you want to promote? Anything you want to leave To promote? Ooh. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we're going to be coming back with my podcast, Library Land Love. So if anyone's mm. interested in things that are going on in Library Land. Go uh, check it out because uh, yeah. that's. That's the one that I, I helped. It's birth. Michael's baby. That's it's right. It's my baby. It's, it's, it's got his uterine lining all over it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I told them to throw it out, but they're like, no, we like the glaze. I'm like, oh. <laughs> too, right. too far. Too far. Is that too far? <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Anyway, we're recording episodes right now. So uh, we hope that our next season will start in the next month or so. Oh, fantastic. Well, I'm looking forward to that because that was a joy to work on. Isn't it? I really like it, too. I think Library Land likes it and I love it, too. That's about it. And if you're interested, I'm on I'm at Citybrarian on social media. If you're so inclined, we can continue talking about Sarah Harmer any time of day. Any time of day. And you can now tweet at her for Klaatu and she'll know what you're talking about. That's correct. <laughs> I'm going to become the next official expert in Canada about Klaatu next to Michael Rogowski. Next to me. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you once again for coming on board and keep sharing music, everybody. Bye.